the EP podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found, and always at the eppodcast.com. And welcome down to another episode of the EP Podcast. My name is Chris Lanuti, and I'm your neighbor sitting in his nine-foot homemade oak bar in his basement, ready to give you 30 minutes on Evergreen Park and the surrounding area that is known as the EP Podcast. We've got a lot going on this week. A brand new Eating Evergreen Park segment. This time, my wife Eric and I visited the hidden gem that is an Irish restaurant and bar smack dab in the middle of a residential neighborhood right here in Evergreen Park. Also going to break down things going on this week in the EP, and we're going to talk Oscars. My good, dear friend, Ben Belton, out on the West Coast, working in the movie industry. He's been on the show before. He talks about what's going on out there. He gives us some insight. It's a big week. The Oscars are happening. We're going to get into the Oscars in just a second, Ben. But first of all, how are you? And secondly, explain to me how we're changing Batman again. Because I can't believe we're getting rid of yet another Batman and finding a new Batman. Yep, Ben Affleck's going away. He's not going to be uh, be a part of the part of the uh, group anymore. Is this so his got... choice, or is this somebody else making the choice for him? I think it's mutual. Um, but anyway, they're looking now, allegedly, for a younger Batman, and they're going to make the choice supposedly by November this year. So I was wondering, Chris, do you want to submit your name? Everybody gets a chance at it, so I figure I should get a chance at it. You know? I mean, everybody else gets to be Batman. I mean, there's so many Batmans, it's not even funny, especially if you include your Lego Batman and your cartoon Batmans and your Batman series and your... I mean, it, it, it's the list goes on and on and on. I think this may be the part that's been played by more actors and voice actors than any other part in cinematic history. I'd have to look that up, but it, it, it's got to be close if that's not it. They're always replacing yeah. who Batman is. I mean, I, I mean, people still do the Christian Bale Batman impersonation, and he's several Batmans ago now. I mean, like, and yeah. that's that's crazy to me, you know? So this one here is supposed to be like a detective, and I like this idea because this is the Batman that I loved. This is this is the Batman movie that I always wanted to see. I used to like the graphic novel of Batmans, and he was a detective. And and it was mm-hmm. it was dark and he was I like hot on the trail of like somebody, or he was figuring out some like, you know, serial killer in the city or something like that. That's the Batmans that I used to read, especially when like I was in high school. There were a lot of Batman books that were out that did that. I hear this is what this one's going to kind of be like. Will it be linked in with the whole DC universe or is everything like a standalone now with them? Well, they've kind of gone to more of a standalone model. There is also a Joker movie coming out later this year um, with with, uh, Joaquin Phoenix uh, stepping into the role of the Joker. And so they're kind of trying to reestablish the whole DC, you know, universe in terms of the movies that are coming out. Um, the only things that are solid at this point, of course, are, you know, Aquaman with a huge success at the end of last year and into this year. You've got Wonder Woman. And then, of course, they're doing the uh, Harley Quinn Birds of Prey project that's coming out next year as well. So anything I think, if anything, you're going to see this as kind of a spinoff. But I think if there's if it does well, it'll, it'll they'll have there'll be growth to it. So you'll see more of it, and you'll see more of this Batman. I think that's the idea: have more Batman, you know, movies that launch from this next Batman, and kind of go from there.
now time for your EP podcast, Word on the Street. Here's what's going on in Evergreen Park. They are still looking for crossing guards. If you want to be a substitute crossing guard for the Evergreen Park Police Department, go to the PD, 9420 South Kesey Avenue. Bring a driver's license. They could use the help. There is a Wiffle T-Ball League Saturday group still available. The Recreation Department running that. If you're interested, 708-229-3373. Speaking of baseball and softball, the EP Girls Softball League is still doing their registration for this season. I hear the draft is around or on March 7th, so maybe it's time to sign up if you're going to get involved. EPGirlsSoftball.com And District 124 Preschool Screening is now available for free. Three, four, and five-year-olds not of kindergarten age can get their development assessed in vision and hearing, speech and language, knowledge of basic concept, and fine and gross motor skills. If you want to learn more about this, you call Gene Hector, 708-423-0950 at extension 2140. It's the EP Podcast, found everywhere podcasts can be found and always at the EP Podcast. Looking for something fun and unique in Evergreen Park? You should try Unidad, a Latin kitchen and bar. Unidad brings together family homemade recipes and craft cocktails to create a -a one-of-a-kind eating experience. Plus, every Friday, enjoy happy hour specials from 3.30 to 6 p.m. And Unidad is currently open for dinner on Sundays with half-priced bottles of wine for a limited time. Unidad, a Latin kitchen and bar located at 3339 West 95th Street in the heart of Evergreen Park. Learn more at unidadrestaurant.com. That's a good restaurant right there. That was our first eating Evergreen Park, right, Erica? Yes, it was. My wife, Erica, down here at my nine-foot homemade oak bar in my basement, and she came up with the idea of doing a segment every once in a while on the EP podcast called Eating Evergreen Park. And we are going to do that again this week. Sounds good. And we are going to go where? We're going to uh, just head up down to Porter Collins. Yeah. It's like we walk there. Yes, we We've do. We've been going there now for a couple of years. We have not done an Eating Evergreen Park with them. And we said, you know what? It's about time we headed down to Porter Collins. We're getting close to March. That, that's their big month because it's an Irish bar. Yep. So I was like, this is the perfect time to go down and visit Porter Cullens and not just do what we normally do when we eat there. We're going to try some new things. We're going to talk about that as well. But if you've never been to Porter Cullens, it's located right on 99th Street, right near Southwest School, just to the east of Central Park. So if you're looking for a place like a neighborhood spot, and, and it's really just kind of like one of, another one of those hidden gems here in Evergreen Park, if you've never tried it out, and they've got much more than just just Irish fare, but they've got great Irish fare. Porter Cullens, we take the trip now on another edition of Eating Evergreen Park. We are doing another Eating Evergreen Park at Porter Cullens. We're on 99th Street, just to the east of Central Park. You guys have been around for how long? Just over four years. Just over four years. I have Jill and Mike McGrath. They are one half of the couple pairing that uh, bought this. There's four total owners here. Two couples that live across the street from each other in Evergreen Park that decided to open up a restaurant. How did the idea come about? Came about actually because we're very uh, we're local supporters of Bleakers, and uh, Bleakers is a good place because a lot of neighborhood people would go there, and it's just a nice neighborhood place where you'd hang out and you just run into a bunch of people. And then it was just the timing uh, that was shutting down, and we came across this building, came up for sale, and we came. Up uh, got together, thought about the idea. It might corner be good bar. for a little corner 
hangout. We weren't sure what we were going to do, either like a, a, a pizza place or an Italian place. We weren't sure what kind of food, but we thought that the neighborhood needed a good hangout area. So we went ahead, and then we came out with the idea of uh, opening a little Irish pub. And after a lot of meetings and hard work and discussions, uh, it all came about after a few months. And uh, the, the location used to be A&J Meat. So it was a, a butcher shop for about 20 years. I know, I used to get my turkey here every Thanksgiving. Know, right. still here. And now I can't get it here. Oh, a lot of people, actually around Christmas time, some people still pull up and they're looking for the uh, Lithuanian sausage. Uh, they still pull up, they're like, oh, what happened to A&J Meat? So you say Irish pub, but on the south side of Chicago, you walk into a lot of places that claim that they're Irish pubs, and they just have an Irish name and a sticky floor. This This reminds me more of... This is a this is a trendier, upscale Irish pub that seems very authentic. How much thought went into how you were going to do this and 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 you know achieving this kind of look for this part of the neighborhood? Well, it definitely had a lot of thought into it. We definitely wanted somewhere where we, and I say we, meaning like women more than guys. I, I think they can go for the stickier floor more than I, I hate sticky floors. I don't okay. know what you're talking about. Okay, so <laughs> we just want, I wanted somewhere nice to like go and hang out and um, I didn't want it to look like another place. I didn't want, I wanted like kind of thicker tables. I wanted like you know, I don't know. Fireplace in the wall, you know, yeah, nice, nice bar bar with lighting underneath it. I mean, it's it's nice. It's a nice place to go to. Right. And we all had, all four of us had ideas. Like, someone wanted this. Someone wanted a plank ceiling. Someone wanted a, an, uh, an old-fashioned tile floor. Somebody wanted wood walls. But to get four grown adults to agree on how to make it all work and look like you didn't just throw it all together. We had to consult a professional and we had like a link to um, a guy that, um, a decorator, designer actually. Well, it's very it's very downtown River Northy, but, it's yeah. da- but it doesn't feel as uppity as a downtown River yeah, Northy place would be. It's still like not too fancy where you want to just wear your sweatshirt. And well, I mean, are you kidding me? Am I, my kids come walking in this place. And, yeah. that's, and that's the thing that I, I, I really like that is that it's a nice, classy, clean place. But I've also, like I've got three kids and the amount of times that I've walked them in the door here and I'm comfortable with them being here, and you guys treat it like like a family, you know, it's a it, it's a family bar. That's the easiest way to say it. Family bar with really upscale food. I mean, the menu, the corned beef has to be one of the the premier items on that menu. Thank you. How long does it take to make that? Because I've had a lot of corned beef in my life in Chicago, and this is done really well. So this this can't be like you're just making this on the fly. No, it's a it's a definite process, and we have not strayed from the process. Um, and it definitely takes over to brine one of our ginormous briskets um, over uh, 24 hours, and a secret of seasonings and spices. Um, and then we cook it a certain way, and then we trim a lot of the fat off, and then we slice it. But then when we go to make your sandwich, there's a process to that as well. Um, and it kind of just works. So it is a, 
it's a definite commitment to the brisket and it's it's shown a lot of love that brisket's shown a lot of love and we go through a ton of warming from, uh, from distributor to uh to the plate i would say it's about a 48 hour turnaround the, the process. Two full days just to make sure that that corned beef tastes the way it does when it comes on the plate. Is it your premier item? What is the place? What is it like if somebody comes walking in the Porter Cullens? What's the one thing that they should try? Is it the corned beef or is it something else? Well, I always say if you like a corned beef sandwich, um, we definitely have a great product. Um, it's very tasty, juicy. People love it. Um, but I also tell people that our fish and chips are amazing i wasn't even a fish and chips fan at all and i love it and i love our homemade um uh tartar sauce which is made with capers so it gives it that extra little bite of like brine it's just and then you use the vinegar and you dip your fries in it it just works and i was not i'm irish but i was not a fan of fish and chips until we opened this restaurant. And I'm like, man, and even to this day, I'll be like, man, these are really good fish and chips. I was just going to say, we didn't get a chance to um, to introduce the fact that you have, there's two other owners. So it's two families live across the other street. The other two owners are? Ann and Jerry Dory. Okay. And and how, how important is it or how nice is it that instead of just, you know, one couple or one person owning something to have two... You know, we're, we're like, you know, like you get a new person in here every day that's kind of like, you know, running the place. Well, one main thing is all the work is divided by four. So that definitely helps with your like daily stress level. And what's your job? Um, I do. Uh, it depends on the day. But my main job would be to uh, handle all the wine and liquor ordering. So you're you're my new best friend. Yeah, right. I, I was looking at your menu and I noticed that you have you are featuring some of the like local vendors here for from your um, your pie that you or your cake that you have. I'm sorry, and also your coffee. Do you want to speak about that? We thought it was pretty unique to like include <laughs> local businesses with our business. I think more businesses should work together like that. So we use Wolf's Bakery for uh, our desserts, which they. The lemon fluff and the uh, uh, there's another cake which I, I'm on a diet I'm not ordering it but uh, it gets ordered but uh, they're fantastic and they're fantastic partners and I think it's just great for the community to include other businesses and then Murray's uh, coffee uh, shop we use right next door they uh, supply us with this uh, ground regular coffee and decaf coffee they're on our menu and they're a fantastic little shop and they're right next door so I think it's just really unique how we're able to partner with other businesses and help them and they help us and Murray's Coffee is uh, two uh, door fronts down from where we're at we have a nice shop and people go from our place to their place and from their place to our place and it's a it's a really unique nice little downtown little area right here on 99th street between kedzie and pulaski and there's nothing like it uh anywhere in any other little town that i've seen it really is a great feel we really appreciated you guys having us in here um we're we're you know we've been coming here for a while i can't i you know like sometimes we go and do one of these things and it's like this is my first time in the place I, i've been coming here for a while we're going to keep coming here but we really appreciate you having us in and, and letting us uh, learn a little bit more about porter cullens super glad to have you guys so glad to be part of the ep podcast i think it's an awesome idea and to kind of keep the community together and I've been listening and you're always promoting 
every event in the neighborhood, I think it's great. I just think it's a good much success to you guys. All right, so we already talked about their fish and chips and their corned beef sandwich, which in reality, they, they could have just done that. Yes, that's they could, true. They could just do that and have a bar and they'd be perfect. But they have such a unique menu and it's so diverse to the point where they already do breakfast on Sundays. They do like a complete Irish traditional breakfast, which is like a big deal, but they do it authentically. Yes. So there's so many different layers you can peel back about Porter Cullen's. We tried some stuff that we had not tried before. Like, I've had the fish and chips a hundred times. I love the corned beef sandwich. It's one of my favorite things to eat in Evergreen Park is the Porter Cullen's corned beef sandwich. But I want to try new things. So what did we sit down and eat while we were there? Because it was stuff that I didn't expect to have. Um, we had the pear flatbread, which is, they started doing flatbreads um, earlier this year, I Yeah, believe. they do a bunch. Of, they do, I think, like four of them or something like that. But um, the pear flatbread, we've been looking at it. It has candy bacon, some blue cheese. And pears. And pears. And pears on a flat. And I was like, this is one of those, like, I wanted to, like, try the stuff on the menu that I haven't tried yet. And be like, is this actually good? It was delicious. That was surprisingly good. Yes, it was. I mean, I, I did not expect if you put blue cheese and pears and bacon on a flatbread and bring it out like a pizza. I think there was like balsamic vinegar or something on yeah, it. Yeah, there something was like they a, drizzled on there's it. There's a drizzle, yeah. Yeah, but that was really tasty. Like they said, what do you want to try? And I'm like, I want to try stuff that you're going to recommend to us that I've never had. And so they would say something like, I've had it. And then they were like, and then they were like, well, what about the flatbread here? People love that. And I'm like, really? People like blue <laughs> cheese and pears on a pizza? And it was perfect. And then the big thing that you tried was the Irish egg. Oh, and you know... Have you seen me ever have a hard-boiled egg? No. No, I, I I, have a thing where, like, it's weird to me. Like, eggs were never meant to just just sit there all jiggly and, like, in a ball, like a hard ball. It's just weird to me, right? It like, was. on Easter, I don't even have hard-boiled eggs. I don't have those. I don't have, like, appetizers with, with hard-boiled eggs. I don't like deviled eggs because half of it is hard-boiled. Well, should I read what it is? Oh, yeah, you read it, okay. and then I'll tell you how it went. So the Irish egg is the traditional Irish sausage Stuffed with hard-boiled egg, breaded in panko breadcrumbs, and covered in a palmery mustard aioli sauce. Aioli, I believe aioli. is what that word is. Aioli sauce. This thing was spectacular. It was. This has become like the thing that the next time we go back, I can't eat, I can't wait to eat it again. I think I'll just get it for dinner. No, I, I, can't, mean, I can't wait to have one. And, and it's like, I can't believe it's been sitting there for years and I haven't tried it. If, if you're feeling adventurous, and what's great is it comes as an appetizer, so they take it. And they, they cut it up into like four different pieces. And so you could share it with somebody else. But if you want to try something unique, food-wise, if you're a foodie and you're like, there's something that I, I want to try something unique, but also well done. I mean, they're an Irish pub trying to do something that is authentic. And you want to try something like that here in Evergreen Park. That is something I would recommend, at least giving it a shot. That was, that was the highlight of my evening and they gave it to me last. Yes. And, and like, the, like, the, like, the, like I was afraid of eating it and they were, I think, afraid of what if he doesn't like it. And I had it and I was like, wow, that was great. You you keep picking good spots. I don't I know, know where we're going to go next. I don't either. Anybody yeah. have a suggestion for us, please? <laughs> Some place I haven't tried before. You're going to find a place. I love it. You drive around. You're like, oh, that place. I'm going to drag my husband there. Can can we just pick a bakery? Can that get, be No, like a bakery. No. We're not doing a bakery. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,
is Oscars week, and we thought it'd be fun to have an EP podcast Oscars preview. You already heard from my good friend Ben Belton earlier on the show. Ben's back on the line right now. We're going to make our Oscar picks. It's a weird year for Oscar. There's no host, and there's several categories that aren't going to be on TV this year. There's no host this year, and they are cutting four categories, and they're just basically being called over the commercial break. So during a long commercial break, uh, they're going to give away uh, awards like hair and makeup, film editing, some of those. So I was thinking I had an idea for us. I'm going okay. to go through the major categories. Okay. these All of okay. these will be televised from what I, I believe they'll all be televised, all of these. And you, a guy who's working with these people, you know, you see Amy Adams on the street. You're like, hey, Amy. She's like, hi, Ben. Like, you're you're just immersed with these these people. You have seen virtually all these movies. I have seen a couple. I think I can outguess you. So I want to go through and, you know, any little anecdote, any little reason you think I'm wrong, you just go for it. But I think I can outguess the expert on the Oscars. Okay, they're they're coming up this weekend. and I think I can outguess you. Well, Chris, shouldn't we be giving everyone out there like a service and giving them the picks so that when they're at their respective party or if they're at their office and they're picking who's going to win, we can help them win some money or, you know, at least bragging rights of some sort? Oh, no, I'm all for that. They want to use our picks. That's fine. I'm just saying my picks are going to be better than yours. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Okay. My picks will be better than your picks. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to start right off. We're going to we're going to go with the uh, the supporting actors and actresses. We got Amy Adams for Vice, Marina de Tavira. I don't even know her name from Roma. She ain't going to win. I don't know who she is. Okay. We got Regina King. If Beale Street could talk, we've got Emma Stone and Rachel Vice for the favorite. Both of them were in the exact same movie. So now the question is, which one is going to win? I will let you go first on this one. Who do you think wins this one? Hands down, Regina King. Hands down. You're betting money on it. Regina King. You know, I I know we want to go head to head on this, but I thought that as well. And the reason for my my reasoning was this. I think that Vice is going to win some awards. They like to spread things around, I think, the Academy voters. And whenever you get two actresses from the same movie, they split the vote for people that actually like the movie. See what I'm saying? It's very hard for an actress that's in a movie against another actress. You're both in the same category. So I'm already discounting Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz, and I've never even heard of the other one, and I never saw Roma, and that'll be probably the one that wins. But if you're betting money, I'm with you. This one, we're on the same page with Regina King. She's amazing in the film, too. Deserve it, deserving, and uh, she will win. Actor in a supporting role. Sam Elliott for A Star is Born. Sam Rockwell for Vice. Richard E. Grant for Can You Ever Forgive Me, Adam Driver for Black Klansman, and then I'm going to completely destroy his name, so you you correct me, because I'm sure you know it, the guy from Green Book, Mash, Mahershala Ma- Ali? Yeah, Mahershala Ali. Mahershala. Yeah, you got to kind of sing it out. A Mahershala! <laughs> I see it works. Okay. Mahershala Okay, Ali. Mahershala yeah. <laughs> Ali. I like that. That's good. Okay, yeah. so I think Sam Rockwell for Vice. I think Hollywood loves a good George W. Bush parody, and I think he wins. I'm, I'm going I'm going with Mahershala Ali for this one. He has won all the other awards leading up to this one, and um, he just seems unstoppable at this point. Plus, he won two years ago, same award, and um, you know he's he's an Academy favorite at this point. So I would say he will he will hands down walk away with this award. All right, let's get to yep. the uh, leading actress. We have Glenn Close yep. for the wife. Yalitza Aparicio for Roma, 
We have Olivia Coleman for The Favorite, Lady Gaga for A Star is Born, and Melissa McCarthy for Can You Ever Forgive Me? I, I think I'm supposed to go first here, and I have seen none of these, but I can't see anybody giving Melissa McCarthy an Oscar. Um, I, <laughs> I, again, don't think that Roma's getting anything. Uh, I think it's like the artsy piece. Um, I, I, I'm right now I'm split between the whole Lady Gaga or Glenn Close and I'm going to go Glenn Close because I think Hollywood likes to keep the actors, uh, they keep the actors winning the awards and not the singers. So I don't think Gaga wins. I think it's Glenn Close, uh, for the wife. That's what I'm going with. Yeah, I agree with you. Well, she, you know, she's captured uh, a lot of awards this season and, and a lot of important ones leading up to this one. And, you know, they just, she's never gotten an Oscar before and they decided this year it's her time and, and she's good in the film. So I, I, I think she will take it. This is hysterical because we're literally on the same page on everything except for one award so far. I really thought we yep. were going to be split. All right, let's see if we split up here. We've got the actor in a leading role, Christian Bale for vice Bradley Cooper for a star is born. Uh, Willem Dafoe for at eternity's gate, Rami Malek for Bohemian Rhapsody. Vigo Mortensen for Green Book. This one's your pick first. It's Malik. He's going to win. He's got it. He's he's got all the awards going into this one, and um, you know, it's like I said, he's unstoppable. Was and, it really? Uh, was it know, really that good? I mean, like, is it just because he did a very good impression or impersonation of Freddie Mercury, or was it great acting too? It was a little bit of both, but I mean, if you watch the performance scenes. Uh, from actual, he recreated uh, the Live Aid scene at the end, and he did it. Essentially, if you watch the YouTube video of it next to the real, to him doing it, it's identical. And uh, he just got everything down just just perfect. And I think that's where he's, he's being rewarded. But, you know, initially I thought it would be Bradley Cooper's year. I don't think it will be. I'm going Christian Bale because he doesn't even look like Christian Bale. Let's go to Best Director now. This is one that, yeah. um, I, I, I mean, like, if I start trying to pronounce all these, I don't know who half these guys are. So, I mean, like, <laughs> I don't, I don't, you're, you're out there. You're like, Oh, I, I hear that guy's name over brunch all the time, but I, I don't know. I don't know these guys. So who are you, who are, who are you in for? Like which movie was directed the best? Because that's my thing. I don't think anybody sitting at home can guess which movie was directed. Well, you know what I'm saying? They can tell you if a movie's good, but was it directed well? And I don't even know if that's what goes into it when these guys vote. If they say, oh, yeah, yeah, you could tell that it was directed really well. But, I mean, which one are you going for? Well, all five were strong candidates. Uh, Alfonso Cuaron will win for it. He, uh, he directed Roma, and um, the film is not going to be the film that a lot of people in probably in the audience are going to want to to see but it's very well done it was extremely well directed the vision was incredible and and um you know he'll 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 probably walk away with it. if anyone upsets him it'll be spike lee that's who i that's my pick my pick is spike lee one because i know who he is second because i think he gives us i think he gives a, a very interesting speech up there I think sometimes I honestly have felt for years and years and years that sometimes people get voted up there because they want to see what they're going to say with a microphone in front of their face. We have the best picture, best picture. I, yep. I, I love how they've gone to like more of them. I want to run through these and then just kind of give you my opinion on them first before we make some picks. Cause there's a few of them. Yep. I'm just kind of, I have some opinions on. I got black Panther, black Klansman, yep. Bohemian Rhapsody, the favorite green book, Roma, a star is born and vice. 
Now, here's the only thing that stands out with me on this list, actually. There's one thing that stands out to me on this list. It's Black Panther. Now, I'm going to tell you this. I thought Black Panther was an incredible film. It was a spectacular superhero movie. And I'm not bothered by the fact that it's nominated for something, but I don't even think it's the best Marvel movie of the year. I thought Civil War was the better movie than Black Panther. I just, as somebody who's watched every single Marvel movie, I walked out of the Marvel movie going, man, that was, Infinity War was the best one they've done so far. So when I see Black Panther up there, I go, man, it really was a great movie. It surprised me. I didn't know who Black Panther was. I never read a Black Panther comic book. I thought Black Panther was a great movie. I thought it was it was really well done. It was a lot of fun. I did. I thought it was one of those movies I was going to have to watch just so I knew what was going on in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But I wasn't interested in it when it was being made. And it completely surprised me. But it's not even the best Marvel movie of the year. So that's the one I, I, I'm already discounting it to win because I can't see how it could be voted as the best picture because it isn't even the best one of the genre that it comes out of. If you're going to if you're going to do a Marvel movie, Infinity War was a better movie. I, I, that's at least how I feel. I agree. I agree. And it was a good film. Um, but you, like you said, there were, I, I felt there were a lot out there that were unfortunately better. If, if Bill Street could talk was a better film than Black Panther and it did not get, it gets, didn't get nominated for this award. So it's kind of one of those things where I, I agree with you, it will not win. Okay. So now it's time for the pick. I'm going to jump out there first on this one. I've had you go first the first few times. So I, I want to stick my neck out on this one. And okay. I think the Academy likes to surprise. I think that they go in a completely different direction and Green Book wins the best picture. I, I think it's going to be Roma. I, I know I know it's going to be unpopular for me to say Roma will win not only this award, but it will win the Best Foreign Language Film Award as well. So it's going to win both of them and Best Director is what you're saying? Yes, and it will be the first, I believe it will be the first foreign language, official foreign language film to do that, and it will probably will pick up both awards. Wow. That's, that's how much the Academy... That's how much the Academy loves this movie. Ben, I appreciate you coming on. We'll see what ends up happening, and, and hopefully I'll have you back on, and uh, and I won't have been wrong on everything. Yes, you you will do well, I, I promise. All right, well, that's because I mimicked you on at least half the picks, so I'm going to, I should at least pass, you know? So just steal my pick. <laughs> if, you're, if you're entering any kind of a part, if you're entering don't enter any kind cont- of a contest. I don't enter contests. No, I don't enter. Who does that? I know you do it. I know you enter it. I enter NCAA pools. You enter Oscar contests. That's the difference between you and I. I I'm, I'm not entering an Oscar contest. I wouldn't even know where to find one. I'm going to walk into a bar here on the south side and be like, hey, uh, where's the uh, where's the pool for the Oscars? Everybody's going to laugh at me. There's no such thing. No. Chris, they, they they bet on this stuff in Vegas, so they're. I'm just saying there are places. All right, well, I'll have to. I'll have to find one of those places. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, you got it. Another show is wrapped up. Another show's in the books. Another show is wrapped up, and then by the looks, it's gonna be a good one. And we'll see you next week. And the nudie. Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and it's in the books. Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and by the looks, it's gonna be a good one. Nudie's Basement, broadcast, basement, the Nudie's Basement, the Broad Basement.
Slancha. That was like Dropkick Murphys or something, right? I felt like it. Are you or someone you know looking to learn how to play a musical instrument this year? Then you should be checking out Westgate Music School, 6527 West 127th Street in Palos Heights. Private music lessons for all instruments, including guitar, piano, drums, voice, bass guitar, violin, banjo, ukulele, and more. Are you a vocalist? Are you ready to play a musical instrument and looking to join a group? Westgate Music School offers group classes for rock band, acapella vocal, and barbershop quartet. Students of all ages and ability levels will have the opportunity to perform three times a year in a student concert. Gift certificates for Westgate are also available. More information, call 708-586-7002 or go to westgatemusicschool.com. The EP Podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always at theeppodcast.com.